healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man. Nearly a two-word review just a shit sandwich. That right there is a lot of a Welcome to Chunky Glasses, the podcast. This is Kevin. Um, this is episode number 45. And um, this week we're going to be presenting an interview, which I think is sort of special. Um, if, if you I say the name Justin Jones, uh, it should sound familiar if you live in the D.C. area. He has been um, playing uh, in D.C., up, or, up and down the East Coast, and uh, in fact, touring nationwide uh, for the better part of 10 years in various uh, bands and solo incarnations. Uh, now he is back. Um, he has a new band uh, called The Dead Men. Uh, they have an EP that is about to come out. Uh, it, I think it is going to be out by the time you guys hear this. And they're going to have a CD release party at the Rock and Roll Hotel on March 15th. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, though, he invited me out to his house to talk about The Dead Men. Uh, and it just turned into a really uh, a larger conversation about uh, the music industry today. Um, how he's he has survived in the music industry, um, and what their goals are for the dead men, um, and what it's like to be uh, sort of a family man uh, and and doing this. Um, like I said, is is a really great conversation, um, and uh, so I will just get out of the way now and uh, let you guys hear it. Probably thirteen. Do you remember the name of it, or your first one? I, yeah, sort of. I mean, because I'm not sure if I can't say with certainty that it was the first song, mm-hmm. but I remember um, writing a song about my dog at the time. Right. The dog's name was Lucy, <laughs> and it having this like play on this kind of Ricky Ricardo Lucy thing. It, I thought was funny at the time or right. something, but uh, I don't think it was very good. You know, right. I think I don't think I was probably I was probably a twenty one when I wrote a song that I wanted when you to were, sh- when you were finally show happy other with people. It. <laughs> were, you, <laughs> were, were you writing? Because um, your main instrument is guitar, right? Yeah, but you know, oddly, I mean, I've written 
you know, some songs on piano and some on banjo and stuff. So it's not really, it's more, you know, it's interesting because often when you play an instrument that is not your instrument, mm-hmm. it's sort of inspiring and you'll, you know, kind of, oh, like, absolutely. you know, you'll be like, oh, like, like, cause you don't know what you're doing. Right. So it's easier to like come up with something that you, it, it makes the melody it makes the, the, the guts of the song pop out. Yeah. Like, you know, like I, I've played since I was like five or six. So mm-hmm. like, and frequently every few years, I'll just get a new instrument. I mean, I, I have no clue what I'm doing. Right. And it makes, and actually Ben and I were talking about this last week. It informs all the other things you do because you're going to have a favorite. I think that you go back to yeah. your instrument, but you can burn out on that. Yeah, yeah. Like well, I'm not the, I've never been the kind of guitar player that ever like practiced playing right, guitar. Right. I've just sort of played songs like and written songs and it, you know, I, I ha- learned how to play a little bit pretty young. And then you know, when like Nirvana kind of came mm-hmm. around, like everybody started playing guitar, sure. like all my buddies, you know. And um I just felt I felt like I could write songs better than I could learn those songs yeah or like it was easier for me to, to just, just write, write one write something yeah um then it was and it which is bizarre because i mean looking back on that now like this i don't think you're just not going to find easier material to pick up than, <laughs> than nirvana you know but like well i mean i mean but you're sort of hitting on something that that made that great is that it technically was easy to play yeah totally. i defy most people to this day to write some of those songs oh i mean it's great yeah you can't i still think it's great i i kind of went back uh, went back to it i don't know maybe um six months ago or something mm-hmm. just listened to there was a live show at a theater in portland or yeah something. live at the olympia and that show was yeah. so awesome yeah and it, like i just remember thinking like I mean, say whatever you want about them. Uh, I mean, that, I don't know how doctored that performance was in studio, like in post, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it was a pretty great performance if it was like, like just mixed off the board. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think they... His singing is like really good, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I think they were a mix, uh, from what I know of them, of... um, really solid musicianship and then yeah. and then him sort of as the the engine of the really solid songs yeah probably the least talented musician at just as strictly musicianship mm-hmm. is concerned in the band i always got the impression that dave grohl had a lot more to do with the songwriting well, he's, than he's proved yeah <laughs> he yeah. probably did right um you know have you seen the uh, the sound city documentary yeah. About them going in and, and them talking about when they're going. Yeah, it's fascinating because they were just like, we're going to book this and done and we don't know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it is likely, I would say, that when they went in those sessions, like Cobain had this mapped out. But like, and you've played in bands since, like you said, were you 21 when you were in your first band or? Well, you know, in high school, I was, I always kind of played the drums with people because there was a drum set. My mom's boyfriend had a drum set. Nice. And so there was a drum set at the house. So like I was probably the most competent of my like group of friends that, that, you know, we were just like covering Metallica and smashing pumpkins (laughs) and, you know, Nirvana. Right, 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 right. And but but as i mean i think it's you know i played solo acoustic for a long time mm-hmm. for probably 
I don't know, four or five years where I just played solo. And then Tom Natal started playing with me. Mm-hmm. And then we sort of, and then we got an upright bass player, and then we got a drummer, right. and then we got a horn section, and then like we could just keep kind of right, adding right, right, to right, right. the thing. And then, you know, all of those people eventually went somewhere and did something else. People were subbed out, and <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, as those things evolve. Yeah. Um, so that started when I was probably 23 or so. Right. You know. And you're how old now? I'm 34. 34. Mm-hmm. So you've been doing it like. Was that over ten years? I yeah yeah. I mean, definitely. Like, I mean, I started gigging when I was probably t- right twenty one. Mommy is out of town. Ah, gotcha. So I'm just sort of like, uh, I just have to kind of pick my battles. Right yeah. now. I just don't, you know, like she's cool. I just don't really want to argue about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? totally, totally understand. Yeah, totally understand. I've, I've been, I usually am like the lay down the law of parent yeah, between yeah, yeah, yeah. the two of us. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just like whatever. <laughs> Well, yeah, I and mean, you've actually been talking about that on uh, on Facebook a lot. Um, that about your family, yeah, you know, and that you know, coming up being a musician, like how how is having a family and having a family that you're obviously very very proud of mm. affecting like what you're doing musically now? Well, you know, it's uh, it's affected affected it in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, I think when I had my first child, I think it sort of inspired me to try to work harder. Mm-hmm. Then after doing that for like six years, <laughs> I'm sort of now inspired to kind of work less. Yeah. Cause I kind of want to be around more. Yeah. So, sure. you know, it's, 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 I, I mean, I've never really made any real living playing music, mm-hmm. you know, and I, after playing, you know, uh, 150 shows a year for six years or whatever, I just sort of like, you know, I feel like I've done everything that I wanted to do in that regard, as far as playing sure, live, sure, you know? Sure. So at this point I feel, you know, and like what the, my bandmates and I have been talking about the dead men we've been talking mm-hmm. about is sort of trying to reverse the, um, the way that we try to make a living out of music right? by, you know, the model that we've all kind of followed in different ways, but probably me more than any of them is to play shows to try to create a demand for the music. Yep. And, um, you know, that hasn't worked that well for me. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know <clears throat> how well it's working for a lot of people. Well, it's a so, really so, hard. I mean, you I mean, know, I equate it to sort of you're a door to door salesman, absolutely, I mean, and you really are going door to door and and trying to sell 
this product that nobody has to have. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, and if people haven't heard of you in Kansas, then, yeah. and like, and trust me, doing? they haven't, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so you like, what, what was, what was the, say the, uh, the most ambitious tour you've done and when did you start like doing like longer tours? Cause I mean, you were playing around like what Harrisonburg and then were you like touring, sort of nationally before coming to D.C. or? No, because, I mean, I came to D.C. in 2002. Okay. So, you know, at that point I didn't have an album or anything, you know. Right. So um, I've done every record I've made since I've lived here and every uh, tour I've ever done has been since I've lived here. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm not sure when you say ambitious, I mean, Every tour that I've done has been has been the product of ambition. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, you know, the, when whenever I lost my like big agent and was just like officially back to booking my mm-hmm. own national tour, yeah. where I, like where I was just before that, I was just booking like gigs like here to you know New York and right whatever. So sort of the East Coast circuit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and rooms and small rooms and stuff, and mm-hmm. and uh, when that, you know I had an agent for a couple of years, and then when that when I sort of he didn't leave me, but he sort of did by default, I guess, because I was just like you know I need I we were playing at ACL and I needed mm-hmm. some dates yeah. on the way down there. And he's like, I just haven't had time to get to it. And I was like, well, man, you know, like uh, you don't have time to be my agent, I guess, you know. And, um, and he's like, yeah, I mean, I, you know, you're right. So, and I don't blame him. I mean, I was, you know, certainly probably costing him money. Sure. (laughs) You know, just as far as the time that he had to invest. Right, 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 right. right. But, um, you know, I probably booked three, I did like, I booked like three national tours after that, Mm -hmm. that, you know, were, uh, 25, 30 dates long, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I mean that's long to, no, that, that's, to, that's, to put together on your I own. Mean, yeah. Um, I mean, a lot, a lot of people don't consider, I think the actual like reality of touring is that yeah. it's, I mean, if you're talking about 30 dates, like that's getting up, like playing at night and theoretically and hopefully like giving it everything you got. And then, everything that comes after that <laughs> and then getting up in the morning and maybe mm. driving 200 miles and doing yeah. it again. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't, you know, that's, that was sort of the other thing. I mean, where we played was sort of like, it was sort <laughs> of like, uh, you know, we had fans in Indianapolis, yeah. but none from here to there. Yeah. And then like, you know, <laughs> so it was, you know, it, we started just really trying to focus on markets that we did well in and, mm-hmm. and sort of only play a couple side markets, but that ended up being longer drives and, right, you know, being pretty, uh, it's pretty, you know, it's interesting because it, it just got to this point where it just felt like impossible. Right. You know, I just kept feeling like, and I felt so awful about it because there's all these guys that had 
just been sort of dependent on just and working yeah. their asses off, yeah, you yeah. know, and we were just getting nothing for it. I mean, the, because the, as, as great as I thought the band was, was at that time and, you know, beat it. I'm serious. <laughs> um, as great as I thought the band was and as well as we were playing. Right. Um, it just didn't really seem to matter to anybody except us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 and yeah. I mean, you know, playing for 10 people in Des Moines, Iowa is a nightmare. Yeah. You know, it's awful. Uh, and then, you know, you just do that enough and you just kind of, when you have two like awesome kids at home and then you just, you know, you're just like, what am I doing here? Yeah. So it's a shame too, because there are places, there are definitely towns where I felt like we were really like starting to gain some traction mm -hmm. and going from 30 to 50, you know, people to, you know, 75 and then right, like, right, right. but like, there's five of those and they're all a thousand miles apart, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like, there's so many of the Des Moines and, 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 you know, yeah. Springfield, uh, Missouri's in between. You know? So and, and I wish I knew the name of the site right now, but there is something that popped up in the past two years. Um, first of all, when, when did you decide that you wanted to sort of spend less time on the road? Um, it was probably, it's, you know, the last like two tours last two that tours. we did where, you know, I mean, we, you know, basically we were just touring and really trying to get the most legs out of the fading light yeah, album yeah, yeah. What we could. Cause we did have some kind of cool things happen from that. And I guess, I don't know, you know, yeah. and like just, and we were proud of the record. Yeah. So, um, we're trying to get as as much out of it as possible, mm -hmm. and there's certainly still people that haven't heard it. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, it's um, yeah. So, and that's on. Is, was that one on Nine Thirty Records? Mm -hmm. So, for people who don't know, can you, I think you are the sole artist on Nine Thirty Records? Is that correct or not? That is correct, and as far as I know, that that is no longer even going on really yeah okay. i think they shut it down interesting interesting yeah <laughs> say that again i want to see my pages on my color okay <laughs> where's your coloring book we'll go get it yeah. oh my my blocking your coloring book but yeah, I mean, you know, ultimately I think that just, uh, I think, that, you know, Seth is a really awesome guy yeah. and a great champion of mine for sure. Yeah. And, uh, but he's, but I think before all of that, I think he's also as much as a, of a great guy as I, I think he is. And I really, in the, in the business, I really don't know anybody better. Yeah. Uh, as far as a more moral kind of ethical person yeah, yeah, yeah. than him. Um, and he was always all about honesty, but I think he's also just a very shrewd businessman as well. And I think if you invest money in something and you're a businessman and it doesn't return, 
you know, I think mm-hmm. at some point you just go like, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, no, that makes sense. I hope it works out. So, <laughs> you know? so, but you were on there for fading light and, uh, the little, little Fox, Fox yeah. EP, but that was an EP, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and going from there, uh, there was, I think fading light was a solo EP. Was there a tour under Justin Jones and the driving rain? Was that a different entity or was that just the, I mean, I mean, I recorded a couple albums and that Really, the driving rain was just this, like, whoever was yeah. playing with me at the time mm-hmm. or whatever. I just felt like I needed to have, like, an and the, uh, and, yeah. and, you know, then at one point I was like, I don't really want to have, like, because who was in the band at that time when it was yeah. and the driving rain? Like, none of those guys were still there. Right. And I just sort of feel, felt like. Sort of like the range. I was sort of, yeah, <laughs> I was sort of over it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, completely. And how so. now? So that led to, or what about all of that has led to the formation of the Dead Men? Was that a, for some reason? I, I remember seeing. I don't know if it came from you or somebody in email. Was this a project that had been going on before that has been like resurrected? Yeah. Uh, so, so that started when? Um, I think in two thousand and ten. Uh huh. Uh, Josh Reed and I were, we lived really close to one another and we were getting together and our kids were hanging out and playing and stuff. And then we were, you know, just talking about having a band together and then like what we would call it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we both, it's odd because like, I don't think he would ever, I know he would say that he's a fan of this band, but I don't think it, like the name, we we just kind of like liked a lot of the same music, you know. Yeah. We uh, even though we also don't like a lot of the same music too, right. I guess. But um, but you know, like it, I felt I felt like it it worked well. Uh, the way that we kind of work through stuff is good, mm-hmm. and he, you know, is he's an inspiring guy as, yeah. as a writer. Um, and then having, so, so the, anyway, so we got a bassist, Conrado Bocalese, who's now in Austin and, um, Paul Garisto, who's still in DC, but mm-hmm. estranged from the current lineup. Right. Um, and we recorded an EP and that's what's coming out like in March. Yeah. But then now we have like a different lineup and John Bustine is in the band as well now. As another writer. So it's a core of, uh, for people who don't know, three people. It's, it's you and, and jo- Josh Reed and John Bustine. Right. And I, I don't know. that. And, and then Miles Nasta and John Hutchins. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, I think the core, the, the writers are me, Josh, and John. Mm-hmm. Is um, it more, because we've talked about, you not wanting to tour, not wanting like trying to figure out a different way to do this. Is this Well, we can't. I mean that's what's you know, <laughs> like we've often kind of joked that even in the best of circumstances we really can't do it. <laughs> you right, know, like, right, right. Or really don't want to. I mean nobody really wants to either. It's this right. weird you know, so it's hard to figure. It's hard to know like what we're doing. So is that more one. or less pressure? I I I guess is the question. It's because- less, but that said we are like gonna be going we're our plan is to go play the U- in the UK this summer. Yeah, yeah. 
and we, and we have a, like a PR guy over I, there. Yeah, I know. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> James. Right. Okay. <laughs> Email me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's weird because, you know, it's it's like it's a it's kind of bizarre um to I guess I wasn't interested in driving around this country and yeah, playing, yeah. but I'm sort of interested well, in driving around. Well, I mean, one. so, and so and that, and that, and that's the thing. If you're talking about a working musician, which like you are, um, and you obviously like have had frustrations, but you're still, I mean, you know, you're playing DC Nine's tenth year anniversary around town. You have a reputation as sure. like a great musician, um, but you also then bartend at the Nine Thirty Club. I mean, but mm-hmm. you're you're never you don't seem to be far removed from the music. And doing this, so if figuring this out is how can I make it work for me and make a living. Well, I'm sorry to interject. I mean, you know, one thing I I remember kind of thinking when I was saying to myself that I didn't really want to tour anymore. I, you know, I was sort of measuring what success meant to a lot of other people mm-hmm. in regards to myself, but you know, I. I really wanted to kind of reevaluate what it meant to me and, yeah. you know, and at what cost was it worth? And, you know, I really couldn't justify being away from my family anymore. It right. really didn't feel right. good. It, and, you know, I just didn't like, I didn't enjoy not seeing that. Right. And, um, and they didn't like it. And, you know, my kids didn't like it when mm-hmm. I was gone for a month here or a month there. So it was a really easy decision to make. I was just like, I don't want to do that anymore. And my wife was like, I don't want you to do that anymore. I mean, it was, so, you so know, yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. So just to, my kids were like, I don't want you to do that anymore. <laughs> so the EP is done. And how would you then, I guess, compare that? process of making it and then the result so far i've only heard the one song the single um uh, and it's great and it's actually you can hear you in it but you can also hear some other stuff going mm-hmm. on there like how would you compare that like process uh to like what you were doing previously knowing that that this is this is sort of where you're at like you're make, it's a different well, way see, of the making thing is we recorded that with the other lineup like oh. like you know almost four years ago oh really? so it's sort of like you know we were sitting on this thing that we thought sounded awesome yeah and we're like you know we still love the tunes um but we're working on new recordings and we're sort of view, right. i'm sort of view it as a promotional tool mm-hmm. you know this is josh and i and and uh, Conrado and Paul playing, but you know, the new dead men stuff is going to be the dead men as it is now. Right. right. And, you know, I, I remember it was a really easy recording process. As far as I recall, mm-hmm. we did it in three days and it was great. Oh, nice. And this one has been a lot, the, what we're working on now has been a lot different than that. Yeah. And, uh, we made this decision to buy gear and try to do it ourselves. And, you know, we're being rewarded with, you know, a valuable lesson yeah. right now, which is, you know, 
there's something to everybody going to the same place for this set amount of time to do something. Yeah. It's, there's a, the, you know, you think that based on all our different busy schedules with the children and our work and everything mm-hmm. that, that, Oh, well, if it's just at, you know, one of the bandmates houses, we can just go over there and work on it as it, as it's convenient that you would think that for some reason that would be easier. Um, than getting like this chunk of time off from the family and just, you know, but it hasn't been, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it's been, it's that said, we're still, we're getting things done and it's, and it's totally working out, Mm -hmm. you know, but, and you know, it's great. I'm learning a lot about how all this stuff works, how how to engineer, you know, but, um, but it's certainly, is less easy, I think, than we all thought it was going to be. Sure, to, sure. To just all be together and working on it enough. That's kind of the biggest problem that we have as a band is like m- making our drummer lives in New York. It's, um, you know, Josh has two kids. I got two kids. We both work, yeah. and then, uh, and then John Bustine has two kids and a third one about to be born in like a couple of weeks. <laughs> right, right. Right. So it's just like, it's really hard to, you know, it's, it's hard to balance everybody's to keep everyone that in our lives happy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know? and, and that's the thing. It's like, there, uh, there's a lot of, um, especially I think when you're younger, a lot of romance about being, a rock and roll musician, a rock and roll star. But I think the people who are ultimately m- more successful, or at least you hear their stuff and you'd be like, wow, that's really honest stuff are people that, um, know, I mean, at the end of the, it's a job. Yeah. It's work. It's not, you don't wake up and like, you know, shit out a number, <laughs> number yeah. one single. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely work. And, you know, I think the funny thing about it is that it's, it's only a small percentage of that work is playing music. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And especially more now. Yeah. I mean, when you realize that it's sort of like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it takes the wind out of your sail. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's given how the internet is sort of democratized, not just like distribution, but just awareness and everything like that. It's a double-edged sword because I don't think people like you uh, and other musicians, uh, if you even have recent as a few years ago, like ever thought that like I should be the one promoting this stuff as well. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it just doesn't work into it. It's like, I'm the guy writing the songs. Like I, and, you know, it's a very different skill set. It takes you out of, I think, what you are good at and what you want to be doing. Or what you got into it for. Or what you got into yeah. it for and stuff. And the realities are shaping up in a large part that, like, you almost have to do that. But I think also, like, you can benefit, but it makes it so much harder. I mean, I feel like, you know, to be... Six, to, to be like successful, you, you have to have like an okay band and be a really great website administrator and content yeah. manager. Yeah. And, you know, fan club operator. I, I think that's one way you can. Yeah. I, I think there are bands that aren't great 
that do that and then yeah. they raise that thing. Yeah. And it's like and it's a question that we actually talk about on the site, Ben and I talked about it a lot, because there's a lot of stuff um like as a musician, I can look at it and I understand why people relate to it and like it. Sure. And but you'll never have that formula to, to write that like people just don't have that. But at the same time then there's stuff that's like they don't have that infrastructure even if it's homemade infrastructure, like within the band and they're doing so much better stuff. And you're just like, what in the fuck is going on? Yeah. Um, it's a weird time. I mean, yeah, it is. It is. Well, certainly the value of music, I think, I think has really gone down mm -hmm. and I guess, you know, I'm still trying to figure out if that's a bad thing or a good thing or if it was, was it just, I mean, it really hasn't gone down. It's just gone down from this little tiny bubble in time when it was very valuable. There is, there's that, but there's also more noise. Yeah. There, there's, again, it's, it's all these. Well, like, it's almost going, but okay. So if you want to go back in time with me for a minute sure. here, like in the late 1800s, you could walk into anybody's house and they'd have a upright piano. Yep. And, you know, certainly someone played the violin, mm -hmm. someone probably played guitar and, you know, the, and, or banjo or four string, yeah. you know, get Joe or whatever. And that was really normal. Mm -hmm. And I, and I wonder if we're just sort of like the modern version of that is that, like everybody has a band on SoundCloud or, you know, instead of like, I don't think as many people play, play instruments now as used to per, per capita. I yeah, would bet yeah, the uh, per percentage, capita? I would bet the percentage is down <laughs> of, of musicians. Cause it's just not in every home anymore. It's well, it's not, I don't know. I get a lot of emails. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm sure you I do. mean, it's, 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 um, what I mean is like, you know, I grew up with like people playing instruments around me, but right. I don't know if that happens for everybody. I mean, I no, I, I don't think it is. I, and I don't know. And, and I'd say, but I feel like it used to. Yeah. I, I feel like long before the 1800s <laughs> that went yeah. away, yeah. but yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's a, um, uh, it's a thing that is lost. And now what you have though is, um, well, what, what that bread I think but, is. Okay, so, so, so I'm sorry. So, so, <laughs> so the, but the point I was trying to make was that in, you know, there, there's really only this tiny period of time where people have made money playing music. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And when you compare it to the, the, you know, history of music itself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe that time is gone, I guess is my point. And, you know, I, I don't know if, like, like I said, I don't know if it's good or bad. I just, you know, I, it feels like shit to me because I, because I remember sure. when people made right. money right. playing music, yeah. but you know, but I don't yeah, think it was, I don't think it was easier, it. man. I don't think it was easier for them, no. you know? And there was just as many bands trying to make it. So like, I don't feel like Tom Petty had it easy, you know, cause he came at the right no. time. I just think that if you made the thing is the difference is the banks were open. There was a little bit more investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so now like what I have to achieve to have a label invest in mm -hmm. me is just that amount of work is a lot more than it was 20 years ago. Sure. It seems that way. It, no, I, I think it is that way. It does also though, 
Level, but it may be easier of, to well, get it's, press. It's also like levels of expectations. I yeah. think. And I think there was a, a post, uh, I think it might have been New York Times, some of the guys in uh, um, uh, Grizzly Bear were essentially complaining about like not being able to make money in the music industry. Well, they all make over $100,000 a year. Work. I mean, they're working and they work yeah. hard for it, but... In 2014, by anybody's standards, that's actually a decent living to do it's, that. It it's is not a, old it, school. But you know what's so funny about that is you're right. It is a decent living to do it. I don't know many people that would do it. Like no, because no. it's not a comfort. It's not a comfortable way to live. Like being on the being on the road for 200. Yeah, days and, a year. and I think uh, and that's where I give him a little slack because yeah. I think on on the surface it was just like uh, no, really, just. But that said. It. Are they in a tour bus or are they in a van? Is somebody else driving yeah, for them? Do they have roadies? I mean, because right. there are bands that play 200 days a year that drive themselves around, have no roadies, yep. sell their own merch, yep. to, you know, and play to 20 people yep. <laughs> a night yep. <laughs> and make no and, money. And they're all 21. <laughs> and, and make me, yeah. Well, I was, I wasn't, I was 30, you yeah. know, but, but, you know, I guess like it's, um, I'm sure. It's it's still a hard way to make a living mm-hmm. either way. I mean, even if you are sleeping when someone else is driving, it's you're still right. you know it's it's still a really hard way to to make a living. Yeah, and and I think the other side of that 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 sort of plays into what's going on now in the industry is it's very the the barrier to entry is so low that like in theory. I shouldn't have a problem with a kid who picks up a laptop and makes music. That's beautiful. It's amazing. Everybody should do this. When that person makes really bad music, yeah. if you know what I mean, like it's well, it's, there's sort of, nothing... so it's the modern equivalent of equivalent of the upright piano in everyone's house. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and, and so it, you know, when it comes out and it's there's no heart to it and it just happens and then that's picked up by the press and picked up, and, and so it just yeah. moves everything along and it's sort of and and then people like you have to compete against that well i don't really feel like i'm competing against anything yeah. i mean because I, I really don't see it as a competition i mean you know if it was you know, then that person would beat me at doing that. Yeah. If I tried to do that, right, they right, would win. Right. You know, and if they tried to do what I do, I would win. Yeah, and that makes sense. But the, but you know, I really think that there's enough fans out there for everything. Yeah, it's I am I am pretty consistently disappointed in what gets pushed. What you see when you see energy behind some some band. I mean, I know because I've I believe me I've. You know, I've seen enough well, bands come through 930. I've, I've tr- traveled and toured enough yeah, to know yeah. that that when you can tell when a band has energy behind it and it's not coming from them. And yep. it's like there's money behind them or there's a label. And you, and you one there's, I'm not, there's one I'm not going to name right now, but I, we'll talk about that. <laughs> well, there's just a difference to the way that they, yeah. you know, the, and people get wind of that. And, and it's like, you know, it's, it's a disease and they get, they, it, it's, they get excited about it too. 
And everybody gets excited that they might know somebody that's about to be famous. Yeah. You know? yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is. Well, there's, like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to name names um, in, in this, but there's an artist that uh, had an album before this one that's about to come out that was amazing. And it was like knocked out in three days. You can hear it. You can feel it. Uh, they have a new album out that is not amazing. It's, 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 there's auto tune on it. There's mm -hmm. it's just all kinds of like, this is the push behind it. And, and that energy, that PR machine has put them in publications. Like they can't sell 50 tickets to the back room at the black cat. And, yeah. and watching it is, is sort of maddening because it's like, I, well, <laughs> like you want them to succeed, obviously, but not like, not like that. And I don't know if that's a weird, like punk, like, you know, you can't sell out type of thing or, or what that is, but it's definitely, um, well, I think that it's funny. There's this like kind of in between of where you're you know, an indie band and then you're when you're between the moments of being an indie band and like a big band, there is a, an area there where it's okay for almost anybody to like mm -hmm. you at a certain point. I think it's when like 15 year olds like you or when, you know, like <laughs> then like all the yeah. kind of the punky kids or yeah. whatever, like, no, they stink, you know, they, yeah. they, they, but I've always just liked music that I like, you know, yeah. like I, that the Bon Iver album, the second one, like the, when it came out mm -hmm. and everybody was just going crazy about it. I was like, I can't, I'm not going to listen to that. I just like, I can't do it. It's not that good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I listened to it like a year after it came out and I was like, you know, this is good. Well, it, well <laughs> it's know? good. It's good. It, it's weird. It's funny. You should mention that. Uh, were you working the show at the 930 club? No, I'm, no. I've never seen him live. Uh, He's great live. He assembled actually, strangely, there's a local connection, like a bunch of musicians down in Richmond, a bunch of guys in Bioritmo. Uh, I don't know if you know Bob, but um, like all the horn section is from Richmond. Okay. And and it's not like a hired gun type thing. They actually work on the records. So, um, yeah. But well, yeah. I, I know Shannon real well. I don't know if you know Lorray. Mm -mm. Well, she's her brother is in the band. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know that they're real people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they are. And that, that that's the thing. The hype behind any album he puts out is like overshadows the real people thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great stuff. But, um, but I guess like, you know, I guess what I'm saying is I don't know how cool it is to like that stuff anymore because of how famous it got or, yeah. you know, or like. I don't know. And that happens to bands. And I think it's, it sucks when people just kind of turn on them like that. It's like really hard to be successful and cool. Yeah. No, <laughs> you no, know? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think we're about 45 minutes. So okay. if, if you had anything else you want to talk about, um, let's see. Anything you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about anything? No. <laughs> no. No, man. I mean, I'm I'm cool. I'm, yeah. You want to talk about the green folder? <laughs> That's Stella's baby. The yellow yeah. folder. It's, uh, you want to talk about your sister? 
What is your favorite thing about your sister? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh? Well, look cool, man. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, thanks for having me over. Yeah. And, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll do this again. Next time, uh, come over to our place. We'll feed you. Yeah, cool. That so, sounds good. Cool, man. Where, and you're in Brooklyn? Brooklyn. Okay, I'll bring a crowbar. Do that. All right, man. All right. Thanks a lot, Justin. Thanks, Kevin. All right, so that was our uh, interview with Justin Jones. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed doing it. Um, Justin is a uh, really great guy, and I really appreciate him having me at the house uh, to talk about well, everything. Um, like I said up front, uh, the CD release show uh, for the Dead Men's EP is uh, going to be Saturday, March 15th at the Rockland Hotel. Uh, I will be there. Uh, I will put a link in the show notes uh, so you can buy tickets so you can be there too. Uh, I would actually anticipate it's probably going to sell out. So go ahead and get your tickets. Um, and I guess we just wish uh, Justin all the luck uh, with this latest effort. Um, so, yeah. Uh, next week on the podcast, we're going to get back to some album reviews. Uh, I know we're going to be talking about the fairly stellar uh, new release from uh, War on Drugs. And more likely the uh, new album from Lydia Loveless. So until then, I hope you're putting good music in your ears, everybody. And we will talk to you next week.